progress. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. This is episode 18. Uh, my name is Dean Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got Tasha and we've got Stacey. Guys, let's get straight into it because we are, again, in the middle of uh, quite a, well, quite an amazing final series so far. Uh, my question to you straight off the top is, who has surprised you so far in the final series? Stacey, you going to start with you. Yeah, I'm going to have to give a shout out to fellow Goulburn boy, Lockie Croker. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a long road for him, um, and he was severely missed when he was out with injury. But uh, you know, having him back, uh, he played a massive part in their win against the Chooks, and uh, he's definitely grown into that number nine jersey and plays a really good run out of dummy half. So, you know, go for the Golden Boy. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good choice. Mine is uh, Mark Nichols from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, look, I followed Mark closely uh, for a lot a lot of years. I, I've sort of met him and. You know, great bloke, but you know, he, he you wouldn't Mark would even tell you, you know, he's not the most naturally gifted, you know, forward. You know, he's not your Sonny Bill Williams, but he is just so consistent. But, you know, he's really taken people by 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 storm this year. You know, his play has just been outstanding so far this year. And I think it really reflects where the Rabbitohs pack is at. I mean, I put the challenge out a few weeks ago to say, look, if this if this team is any chance, they really need to go out there. And, and really put on some career performances and dominate the middle. And Mark and others, they did they did a fantastic job. So, look, I just think it's a, it's a great story for the battlers out there. And, yeah, Mark's a fantastic bloke, fantastic player, and I think he's doing a great job there with South Sydney. Tash, what about yourself? Any standouts for you from the finals so far? Yeah, look, I can't go past the Manly Centre, Morgan Harper. Like, my heart went out to him. He, he had such a poor game against the Storm. There was some really crucial handling errors and, you know, a lot of missed tackles. Um, but he came back and he had a strong game against the Roosters on Friday night and he only missed two tackles. Um, and it's good to see he was able to redeem himself um, and he'll need another strong performance this week. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment uh, tonight, the breakdown. And as always, with the breakdown, we feature, you know, two, two of the key games within the round. And as the season's winding down, that's that's pretty easy as we look forward to these preliminary finals. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in our first feature game, we have the South Sydney Rabbitohs coming up against the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Stacey, going to start with you. You know, th- these are two surprising football teams because, you know, if we look at some of the criticism that's come South Sydney's way, it was... Look, this team can score a lot of points, but defensively, you know, they've had some big blowouts throughout the season. They've lost Luttrell. You know, this, this, there's been a lot of doubters in and around South Sydney, but they've certainly impressed them to, uh, to arrive at this game. And then if you look at the Manly side, forgetting where Tom Travojevic took this team at the start of the season, this was one of the worst football teams statistically on record. So, you know, I, I, I guess it kind of all fits that we've got two teams where there's been a lot of doubt, but here they are. They're, they're one game away from the grand final. And you love to see it. 
don't you? I mean, I'm a big fan of those Cinderella stories and uh, whoever comes out the winner of this game uh, definitely deserves to be in that premiership for sure. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, they've got a bit of an advantage having the week off, um, you know, being able to game plan, scout, recover and strategize. That's going to be huge coming into this game. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, um, you know, th- th- there's two thoughts, you know, that maybe they come out and they're a little bit rusty, but, you know, you just think up there in Queensland in that warmer weather, um, you're seeing teams get quite tired. And um, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that could be a big advantage there for South Sydney. Tash, we, we, we've got to jump straight into it. And I, I think one of the things that, you know, is really interesting about this game is the battle of the forwards, because as, as I said earlier about Mark Nichols, this South Sydney Rabbitohs forward pack, it's just, it, it's been really surprising that they've definitely been impressive uh, in the final series. Yeah, look, they sure have. And I don't think there's any time in the whole season that it's more important to have a week off. So I think that the Souths will definitely um, benefit from that week off and in particular their forwards to come up well-rested. This game, like many games, depends upon winning the battle of the forwards Um, and I think the Bunnies had that advantage after having that week off. Yeah, and and it is hard, Stacey, because, you know, regardless, you know, you get to this point point in the season and everyone's hurt. You know, you know, are you hurt? Are you injured? You know, the injured players have to have time off, but everyone's hurt. Everyone's got a niggle or two, and you know, just that extra week can definitely freshen you up there. That's for sure. Um, you know, if we if we have a look at the, the this forward battle, it, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the Rabbitohs, Mark Nichols, Tavita Totola, um, I thought was outstanding with limited minutes. Tom uh, Tom Burgess, you know, he wound back the clock and had, you know, he, he's uh, he's certainly in fine form at the moment. And then we've got our representative players. We've got Jai Arrow. We've got Cam Murray. And then we've got that little wizard, Damian Cook, there. I mean, this is, I, I, you know, they, they've just got such a diverse group there and it's just, it's all working there for South Sydney. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Damian Cook's going to do get Damian Cook things, uh, you know, and that's what we love about him. He's so explosive. But, you know, I really wanted to see a little bit more of Jai Arrow, um, you know, just getting a little bit more, you know, a little bit more, bit, a little bit more ball time, a little bit more, uh, you know, just a little bit more confidence running through but you know he's going to be a big playmaker that's for sure yeah absolutely no if you're a rep player you know this is this is the time where you know you've got to repay your club you know your club is what's got you to where you are in your career you know so a lot of these players they take pride in these big games and yeah look Jai he's an emotional player and I think uh yeah I I think hopefully he's in for for a big game there so obviously that's the forwards there for South Sydney Tash let's Let's talk a little bit about this number seven for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, Adam Reynolds, because, you know, imagine all the the things that's going through his mind this week. I mean, he's trying to prepare and stay focused on a game, but this, this, this is a little bit bigger for him. You know, obviously he's a South junior. We all know what's happening next year. Um, you know, it must be, must be a bit of a difficult one for Adam. Yeah, for sure. Like, he is so valuable and he's been playing so very well um, for the Bunnies in a, in a halfback and he, he's off his boot. He adds those two two extra points to every try. He's he's able to, you know, kick the field goals. He's, he's an outstanding footballer and I just hope he's really enjoying the hot weather up there because um, that's where he's going next year. And, look, it must be tough. Being a South Sydney junior and and realising, you know, each week now could be your last game. Um, but I think he'll have a he'll have an outstanding game. 
Do you think too, Taj, that that might play into his mentality a little bit? It's kind of like, do you think with the feeling of Wayne Bennett leaving with Anna, Adam Reynolds leaving, do you think the team's kind of like, well, this is our last ditch effort. We've got to give it everything for Bennett, for Reynolds. Do you reckon that's what's going to bring him through? Yeah, Stace, really good point. I think that may well bring it through. I mean, Reynolds has been asking for the extension on his contract. We've heard about Wayne Bennett leaving and, it, you know, uh, Reynolds has played really, really well throughout all that nonsense going on in the background. And I think um, the great culture at the at the Bunnies, they will all pull together and they will find something special because, you know, they're not going to have Reynolds and... Uh, Wayne next year. Stace, and, and if we compare um, Adam to the number seven with the Manly wearing a Seagulls, Daly Cherry Evans, look, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think Adam is actually outplaying the Australian number seven. I mean, Daly's had a – Daly's had – for me, I just think he's had so many ups and downs. I mean, when he's great, he's been, you know, one of the best players in the competitions. But, you know, there's two sides to football. There's the attack, there's the defense, and I think Daly, he's had some disappointing defensive um, games, but, yeah, he's just really hard to get a read on Daly. You know, he has a great game. He sort of follows up with a bit of a poorer performance. You know, what's your read as these two number sevens go head-to-head in a do-or-die clash? You know, who do you think sort of had the better season? And, yeah, what's your predictions for this game in terms of uh, the performances of both Adam and Daly? I mean, you can't hedge your bets on inconsistency. You know, like, and, you know, I've, I've got to give some props to DCE. I was really not for him after his Origin series. You know, seeing how he led Queensland and, and just his presence on the field, it, it wasn't fun to watch, um, especially, you know, the horrible defeat that happened, go the Blues. Um, but look how far he's come. I mean, it, it has to be a testament to him. And, you know, his ball-playing ability, he's had flashes of brilliance where he's gone back to his vintage self where, you know, he was worth all the money. And um, But I think you're right. I think, you know, Adam Reynolds has definitely outplayed him. And especially from a consistency standpoint, like we've said, Adam Reynolds is a walking two-point machine. Um, and then just, you know, his presence on the field as well, he's going to be missed. And, yeah, I think DCE really is going to have to figure out what kind of player he's going to be on the day. Yeah, and I think it's really important. DCE played really, really well on the weekend. So once he's like wasn't shining that well, and then he's found some some great form, like the the pass down the edge to um, Saab, and then Saab back into Harper. Everything seems to be clicking in in, in place for them. Um, so it will be a really interesting battle because Reynolds is Mr. Consistency, but I think DCE has just found the form of the past yeah. and uh, stay. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And hopefully he can hold on to that because yeah, at his best, you know, daily, uh, definitely, definitely. You can see why he's the, he's the Australian number seven. All right, guys, and let's have a quick look at the manly forward pack because, you know, one of the things we talk about is, you know, all these young, exciting players throughout the season and, you know, it definitely gets fans engaged, but, you know, you get to this stage in the competition and there's nothing like experience. I mean, for Manly, they do have a younger pack. I mean, you know, looking through some of these players, you know, you've got Sean Kepi, you've got Ola Kawatu, uh, you know, you, you've got Josh Schuster. But, Tasha, what's your thoughts in terms of this battle of the packs? Who are you predicting will come out on top in terms of the battle of the middle? Wow. 
we saw what happens when Manly's forward pack get together and get that momentum. They can smack on so many points. Um, but then on the reverse side of that, we saw, you know, they were beaten pretty convincingly when the forwards didn't go forward. Um, but going to our earlier point, I think everybody's going to really work hard together at the Bunnies. There's, there just seems to be more on the line, more at heart. And so uh, I think the Bunnies are going to win that middle third. Yeah, look, I, I think it's it's 50-50, isn't it? And I think that's what makes this game so exciting to watch. I mean, if these young players play to their potential, I, I think Manly, you know, dominate the game. But, you know, we've seen that, you know, these big stages, you know, can just get a little bit much for some of these younger players. So, um, you know, a lot of pressure on, on Manly's younger pack, but definitely, definitely got the pack, uh, sorry, definitely got the talent uh, to match it. Uh, Stacey, just a couple of uh, superstars here that we'll quickly touch on before we get our predictions Cody Walker, you know, a lot's going to be focused on Adam Reynolds. And I think that'll kind of work quite well for Cody because he'll just go about his business. He'll prepare for this game. But my question to you is, what's your expectation for Cody coming out of this one? Because if he has a career performance, South Sydney, they're on their way to a grand final. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't hear it. He's got the supersonic hearing on, so he can hear everything. Uh, you good? Uh, what was the question? Cody Walker. Oh, yes. Cody Walker needs to produce, um, and I think he's, he's more than capable of doing so as long as he keeps to that natural style rhythm that is so unpredictable. Because I think when it comes down to it, um, you know, it's that unknown X factor that's going to be the game breaker. Like it's going to break open the game and it's going to be something that no one expects. And that's only what Cody Walker can bring. So, uh, yeah, it, this could be a career-defining performance for him for sure. And, Tash, I, I guess we can't go past the fullback there for Manly. Tom Travojevic, you know, Melbourne Storm, they come out, they had the game plan to keep him quiet. Uh, but obviously last week, you know, he, he, he obviously got back to his best against the Sydney Roosters. You know, what, what what's your expectation of, of Tom coming into this game? Because... You know, what's so difficult about containing him is he is just such an elite support player that he just hunts the ruck, he's always there, he takes so much football, it just makes it very, very hard to try and keep a lid on. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, he had a quiet game uh, two weeks ago, but then he came out. He came out angry this week and he stamped he showed everybody exactly the sort of footballer that that he is and he's so hard to contain because he's always there in support and the strength like you talk about some amazing fullbacks like Ryan Pappenhausen well well Tom Trebojevic is like almost another half the size again and you saw him the way he just ran over Tedesco Tedesco had him in that one of the first tries and then he just Sheer power and strength with momentum to to score that try. So yeah, wow, nobody's stopping Turbo. It was a bit of a bit of a staunch too over Teddy, and I and I really think that, like you said, he played angry, and he's like, you know what, this is my game, so get out of here. Absolutely, um, and I guess now it's time to predict this one. So, Stacey, going to start with you. You know, again, the the fairy tale has to end for one of these teams. What's your thoughts about this one? 
Oh, this is so hard because it's it's the Cinderella match for both teams, isn't it? I mean, part of me is like, yeah, you want to see the Bunnies go out, you know, with another premiership, um, you know, before, you know, the legend of Bennett and Reynolds leave. But at the same time, you've got you to put some thumbs up for, for Manly because, man, they deserve it. Um, you know, just coming from zero, the worst team in the league, to where they are now, uh, this is, this is going to be tight. It's going to be... Battle of the forward pack, it's going to be a remarkable play that separates them both. And I just cannot put a finger on it. But if I have to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Manly. Yeah, look, for me, I think, um, I, I think you know, this is going to be this is going to be one to watch. But for me, I think it's going to be a one-point game. Uh, I think Manly going to get the job done. I think it's going to be Daly Cherry Evans. I think, you know, as much as I've been critical of him, and, you know, I've got a pretty high bar for these elite players. And, you know, he, he's, he's outstanding. But one thing that he is consistent with, and that's his ability to kick those clutch field goals. So if, if Manly can keep this game tight, not that Tom Travojevic is going to want that. You know, he can certainly come out and score three tries and blow, blow South away. But I think they will keep it tight. Um, and I think Daly will be able to win it in the clutch. Tash, what's your, uh, what's your prediction for this one? Well, surprisingly, I'm going to go against both of you. I'm going to go with the Bunnies. Uh, they've had the week off rest, which I think will make all the difference to their forwards. Um, And I just think you talk about DCE nailing it, like if it becomes a one-point game, well, Adam Reynolds, need I say more? So, um, Stacey might get your 20 bucks back, but uh, I'm going the bunnies. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, well, let's take a look at the second game now. So if Tash is right in her predictions in South Sydney, uh, you know, get the win and, and, and force their way through to the grand final, who will they face? Well, We've got a we've got an epic clash, one for the ages. We've got a grand final rematch of last year that no one could have predicted. The Melbourne Storm are going to be facing the Penrith Panthers, and obviously with the Panthers' shock loss to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they've moved to the other side of the bracket, which means that you know a lot of people's predicted grand final is going to happen um, at the preliminary stage. Um, Tash, going to start with you. You know this is certainly um, you know I, I guess no one kind of predicted this, but my direct question to you is. You know, are Melbourne unbeatable? At this point in time, I haven't seen a team um, as amazing as the final series has been. I just can't see anybody beating them. Uh, And on top of that, them having the week off. um, Yeah, look, I just, unless something, somebody pulls some sort of magic trick out, I can't see uh, Melbourne Storm not just going straight through and taking out this premiership. Yeah, I have to agree with you because I think, you know, for me, Penrith just appear to have lost their spark, you know, and we all know what that is, is that when we were watching this Penrith team, that that is, you know, uh, you know, if we, if we just forget the fact that they haven't won a premiership, this has been like a mini dynasty from this Penrith Panthers team. They, they have won a remarkable amount of regular season games, but um, just don't have the titles to show for it. But I just don't think they've got that spark that they've had when they're at their peak and... You know, for me, Stace, I think one of the things that is a little bit concerning is in and around the fatigue of some of these bigger players, you know, like picture this, you know, the back end of the game, you've got players like Ryan Pappenhausen who hunts the ruck like he's one of the best support players in the game. And, you know, the Panthers just look, appear to be a little bit vulnerable with some of their bigger players as they tie. Leota, um, Tavita Pangai Jr., um, James Fisher-Harris, you know, uh, you know, you, you add Ryan Pappenhausen to the mix if this game's close towards the back end, and um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. 
Yeah, definitely. And Pappenhausen's got the uh, got the fitness and the speed to to be sniffing around and waiting for those opportunities. But you're very right, though. I mean, they they have been off form, and I tell you, you know, an eight six scoreline won't beat Melbourne. That's for sure. Hundred percent, Stace. Like I think what we've seen in the last two weeks in this final series is we've seen uh, Penrith really, really rattled, and. The fact that they only just won um, this week by two points, they're not the team that they've been all season. Either that or other teams have finally worked it out. Yeah, and it's just hard to see whether they can, um, you know, whether they're able to sort of recapture that in just one week. I just don't think it's quite that easy. But, you know, if you really dig into, you know, where the Panthers are at the moment, I think one of the things that's concerning me is their lack of patience in the red zone. You know, I, I just... What, what, what's completely puzzling to me is their inability to build pressure, to get repeat sets, you know, that they're just so impatient with the football at the moment. They're trying to score off every play. Stace, this must be driving Ivan crazy because surely this isn't the conversations that they're having as they prepare for these games. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to score off every play. They're, they're not getting it done at the moment and they're just turning the ball over to the opposition. Yeah, definitely. And it speaks to a young side. You know, it, it speaks to a team that has been, been able to pile on the points and have been able to score off every single player of the ball for a majority of the season. But what we do know is that Toto is irreplaceable, um, you know, and, and that was a big factor. But again, like, you just have to look at the game from last night and they it was a very different side and the strategies were just very odd. I mean, they had two opportunities to take a couple of penalty kicks just to get up a couple more points and they chose not to and still couldn't convert. So that was an issue for me. And Tasha, I I think one of the things that we've sort of been saying is that, and I think a lot of people have been saying the same thing is that Jerome Luai needs to step up. I think he is. I I, I think he's definitely getting the message, but um, you know, for me, I I just think he's probably giving his center Matt Burton a little bit too much ball at the moment, because at the moment the predictable play is Jerome Luai at the back to Matt Burton. And whilst Burton is an unbelievable athlete. What we've got to remember is he's a half, so he just doesn't quite have that electric space to, you know, break open or create an opportunity for himself. So for me, you know, what's your thoughts on Jerome? Because he just he just doesn't appear to be attacking the line as much as what a lot of Penrith fans would like. He's not the Jerome Luai that we saw um, back in Origin time earlier in this year. Um, but having said that, I still saw indications of that um last night i saw that yes he did take on the line and when he did run the ball or take on the line then the spark started to happen but as he said he didn't do it often enough and he was ditching to burton and you know he just can't afford he's he stepped up a little bit this week but he's really got to find another gear yeah he, uh, he almost does like all the hard work he's so electric on his feet he beats one he beats two and rather than just really digging into the line and really challenging that last defender. He often sort of gets that pass away, which is, you know, I, I, you know, let's, let's see whether he sort of changes it up this week. Stacey, my direct question to you, why do people, why does Dylan Edwards not get the respect that he deserves? Because when you think about the elite players in the game, um, you know, Dylan's never spoken about, but you, you look at that last game and, you know, yes, Nathan Cleary was one of the best. He always is. But Dylan Edwards, he had to be the Panthers' best player. And, you know, obviously when he was missing, you could see something was off with Penrith. Why do people uh, discredit uh, Dylan Edwards? 
I mean, you look at Dylan Edwards and his kick return is just so strong, you know, and, and I think what he does that people don't realise is he's sort of that pressure valve for Cleary and Luai. So when he's not on the field, Luai tends to struggle a little bit. Cleary feels like he needs to overcompensate. But it's always the, the case of, you know, he's, he's – I don't even know how to say it really. It's, but, you know, he's just that – I don't know why he doesn't get the respect it's, he deserves. It, no, and, and that's that's the question, Tash, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it to you as well. It is puzzling, isn't it? I mean, when, look, we're not saying he's Tedesco. We're not saying he's Travojevic. We're not even saying he's Pappenhausen. But, you know, th- this guy, he, he's got a little something about him. I mean, you could just see that, you know, yes, whilst, whilst Penrith are not where they are, they've definitely taken one step forward with Dylan back in the fullback position. And, I mean, he does... He does a lot of things right. It's just, it's really interesting, isn't it, that he just doesn't quite get that media attention as one of the, the better fullbacks in the game. No, I mean, like, the competition he's up against is absolutely outstanding and it's quite easy to overlook someone like Dylan Edwards, but I'm still amazed that he doesn't get any sort of recognition. He does have that X factor and... Who knows? Like this weekend, he could find it. He could be the one, um, pull a rabbit out of a hat. He could be, you know, a career-defining performance and then everybody goes, hey, what about Dylan Edwards? Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, well, it's time to predict this one and I'm going to go first and I'm going to be bold. I think Storm win this one 13-plus and win this one well. And I've actually got some concerns around this one for Penrith as to, you know, if they were to lose this game, I just, you know, it's... Everyone just assumes because this is a young, talented group that they'll just be back here next year. You know, the, the, these elite competitions such as the NRL, it doesn't typically work that way. So um, I think I, I think I said something uh, similar last week. This is a very this is a historic game for the Penrith Panthers. They need to win it. But, look, I, I just think Melbourne Storm, they, 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 they can just beat you a bunch of different ways. And I, I think they win this one really convincingly. Uh, Tash, what's your prediction for this game? It's always really hard to say, oh, it's going to be at this point in the finals a blowout of more than 13. But I've got to agree with you, Dan. I cannot see how if you play against the Melbourne Storm and you try to contain them in one area, they've just got half a dozen other areas where they'll they'll fi- they'll find the try line. And um, they've been outstanding. Um, they've been outstanding all year, penned her a little bit down on their luck. So, yeah, I'm going to say Melbourne Storm and they're going to win by double figures. Now, Stace, we have a, we have a lot of listeners out there in Western Sydney and they're they're waiting for your prediction. They're, they're hoping that you can give them a little bit of uh, a little bit of inspiration. But uh, look, what's what's your prediction with this one, Penrith? They're really up against it in this game. Yeah, look, it's not good, and I wish that I could have the same amount of excitement as I do about the uh, the other game as I do about this. But I mean, you've got, like you said, you know, Melbourne can beat you a million ways. You know, they're so so multifaceted in attack. I mean, Harry Grant and Pappenhausen are, are next level and they're going to be the difference, I think, in this. But, uh, I mean, can Dylan Edwards pull a rabbit out of a hat? I'd, I mean, you'd like to see it because you don't want Penrith to, you know, have that reputation of being, you know, the choke in the final. You, you hate to see it, especially in a, in a, play, in a team that's so talent-stacked, to be honest. But yeah, I'm 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 taking the at Melbourne to win, but I don't know about double figures. I don't know about double figures. 
All right, guys, well, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, so we have a predicted grand final of the, uh, well, the Melbourne Storm coming up against either the South Sydney Rabbitohs or the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Bit of a split group here, but two teams that won't be uh, contending for a grand final are the Sydney Roosters and the Parramatta Eels. But we thought we'd just take a little bit of a moment just to talk through, you know, where they ended up and you know, talk through their unfortunate loss. Um, Tash, going to start with you with the Sydney Roosters. I mean... You know, very rarely, uh, you know, do you lose in a finals game, yet I guess the, the entire rugby league community still has this sense of pride in and around this club and, and what they've gone through in season 2021. Yeah, absolutely amazing, Dan. I I feel like I, I almost, I, I want to, you know, have a tribute to the amount of players that had season-ending um, and career-ending um, injuries. It was every week, you know, that what they came up with was amazing to even make the finals, let alone to get into the second week of the finals. Um, Trent Robinson, just absolutely amazing. The players that stepped up, absolutely amazing. And um, I don't think that that... You know, they should be really, really proud of what they did this year and what they achieved. And Tasha, this is why sort of I mentioned that, you know, it's so important that, you know, the Penrith Panthers, as an example, really take their opportunities because premiership windows, they close so quickly because I'm looking at the Sydney Roosters team in 2022 and, you you know, their their premiership, they'd have to be nearly premiership. You know, obviously Melbourne, they're, they're always going to be there, but... Yeah, I mean, the Sydney Roosters in, in season 2022, they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, Dan, definitely. The Roosters are back in 2022. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's certainly going to be one to watch. Um, Stacey, what, what's your thoughts on this one? Because, you know, obviously, you know, these younger players, I think what was most impressive is the fact that they played above expectations, you know, and, and ultimately what got them in the end is they just ran into those elite players um, and they just couldn't quite keep pace. But, you know, I, I guess some of the lessons that they learned from this season, you know, it, it's going to be going to be huge for them as they come into, you know, what is a really important preseason. You know, I think I think the problem was that it wasn't just that they ran into elite players, they ran out of players. I mean, and that's a testament to itself. But, again, it speaks to the fact of uh, having depth in their side. And, you know, what we love about, rugby league is you know those opportunities that come up for these unknown players to step up and you know play you know on the big stage to show what they can do and you know from what we've seen from you know Walker and Verrills and you know having Kiri back and you know they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with especially adding in Suwali and you know some of those uh some of those juniors coming through so yeah they're, they're going to be back with a vengeance they'll be back to their old ways that's for sure. And Tash, despite the NRL season slowly coming to end here at Mojo Sports, we've got a lot of content coming in and around the NRL. But just to sort of touch on it, um, you know, because we will be deep diving into a lot of the teams, I think this is going to be a really, really important preseason for the Sydney Roosters because whilst they did do a great job and everyone's really, really proud of their performances, I think they let some of their structures slip from a defensive perspective. I mean, the Sydney Roosters... They've always been known as that team that will only concede one, two, possibly three tries if they're having a bad day. You know, obviously with a lot of these younger players, some of those scores blew out. So, yeah, really important season as they try and, you know, address that defense. 
Yeah, sure. And, and I'm really sure that they will um, address that uh, defence, as you said. And Tedesco, you know, without um, Kiri there, Tedesco's have had to fill multiple roles. And we all know that the, um, the fullback is always organising people in defence. And I just think that um, having Kiri back, having the others back is going to make such a difference and their, their defence structure will definitely come back from there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, disappointing that the Sydney Roosters bowed out, but um, certainly a lot to look forward to as they look now to season 2022. Uh, and the last team, just to quickly touch on that, the, the other team that was eliminated was the was the Parramatta Eels. And, you know, I guess we were all watching this game. It was, you know, I, I think there's been so many high-scoring games as the rules have changed this season that, you know, a, a lot of us sort of said, you know, we kind of miss some of those really tight, low-scoring games. And Stacey... We, we got what we wanted in, in one of the in one of the games of the year. Yes, definitely. I mean, it, and it, it was a bit of a – it was so fun to watch to see how it would end up. Um, and like I said earlier in the episode, I mean, I think – I thought the Eels had it and I had, you know, the flag raised well and truly when they were on that run uh, towards the end of the game. But, I mean, Moses and Gutherson did all that they can – Reagan Campbell Gillard, you know, was that key factor up front, and he just brings so much energy into the side. Gutherson's just that energizer bunny, um, you know, and and you know, but I think they kind of fell into a rut towards the back end, but ended up coming through pretty strong. So, plus Isaiah Papali, you know, bulldozing everything, you know, they're, it's exciting for them for next year, that's for sure, and they should definitely be proud to, you know, where they were, and you know, having Reed Marnie back. Um, is going to make all the difference. Yeah, Tasha, I think if play doesn't stop for uh, Mitch Kenny, uh, you know, Parramatta, they were on the front foot. They had the, Pan- they had the Panthers backpedalling. The defence was scrambled. I think they I think they scored there and then they probably uh, booked themselves a preliminary final spot. But, um, you know, one of the things I, I, I think, Tasha, and I'd love to get your idea, did they save Brad Arthur's job? You know, because strangely, you know, this is a team that's consistently in the top four, but, you know, obviously when they went through that losing streak, there was just so much pressure on Brad. Um, you know, a lot of people were out for his job. But, you know, given their performance in the final series, did they save his job? Yeah, look, I don't think Brad Arthur's job really was on the line. I mean, if you look at his history, he gets them into the finals. Um, but the players certainly have um, produced for him. And I think that he's got the the, the love of the players, the respect of the players. And, and so... Whilst I don't think they saved his job, um, I think they really did pull through for him. But um, I can't leave uh, without mentioning, uh, we talked about some of the big hits and Stacey mentioned some, but if you go back to the game and just look at Will Penasini, that monster hit he put on Burton, I, I must have replayed that so many times and if you guys... I wouldn't be surprised. Go back, watch it again and again. It was a monster. And I agree with Stace. Once they get Reed Marnie back, they'll they'll be back in the finals next year. Textbooks though, wasn't it? Like that tackle, textbook tackle, and just like you just saw it and you go, whoa, damn. I want to see more of that. So if they bring more of that next year, damn, it's gonna be a good season for Parramatta. Yeah, and I and I think everyone's excited about Will, you know, that these young talented outside backs, that that's exactly what Parramatta need because that's probably, Stacey, that's probably their missing piece is they just need to find, you know, one more X-factor game-breaking player. So, you know, I've got circled, you know, what, what's what's important for Parramatta going into the off-season is recruitment, 
Um, you know, not necessarily going out and spending big money because, you know, you know, you never know the salary cap situation there, but they've just got to get creative. Whether they, you know, whether they go international, they look at some of these, these rugby union outside back, they just need to find just that one more ingredient just to be able to break open a game because ultimately, you know, when you compare them against, you know, some of the top teams like the Melbourne Storm, that's probably the difference in the end. Yeah, definitely. And and I kind of have a question around um, around Fergie Ferg. You know, is is he still going to be producing? You know, he had a bit of a lacklustre season this year. So, you know, do they try and, you know, find someone in that spot or will he be there for the next couple of seasons? I don't really know, but for me, he's a bit of a question mark. Yeah, and we'll start the rumours now. Maybe they can somehow get Semi Radradra back to uh, the club. But, you know, that uh, yeah, that rugby union European money hits different. So uh, I, I don't know. But anyway, if they can find another Semi, uh, maybe that's uh, that's exactly what they need. But, no, look, disappointing for both the Roosters and Parramatta Eels. Um, but, you know, you've got two very high-quality teams. And who's to say they can't go a little bit better next year? All right, guys, that's the end of time uh, tonight. But just wanted to thank my amazing panel for another, uh, well, great show. Always bring the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. If you did, please download the show. uh, Share the show with your family, with your friends. We really appreciate your support. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.